God always keeps his word. It says his word is something we can stand upon. I mean, we quite literally are. Because the word was, the earth was spoken into existence. So we are standing on his word already. Why not stand on the rest of it? Hey, I'm Amani. And this is Elijah. And this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatus Bros. Diving right into the waters right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were, we're, we're told off that we're stupid, and <laughs> we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call to be fishers of people or what we believe disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas Rose. What does Piscata mean? If you actually look at it, Piscato is the Spanish word for fish. And we wanted to create a name for being disciple makers, being fishers of men, and fishy dudes did not sound good. <laughs> There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself, but when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. What, what, what would really happen if we, if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what... what? What would that life be like? 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 Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Deeper Waters podcast. You know, it's funny. I almost said the Piscatus Bros podcast. I'd be, I'll be getting confused about whether this is the Piscatus Bros podcast or if this is the Deeper Waters podcast. Sometimes I <laughs> almost look up Piscatus Bros instead, which it may come up. I don't know if it comes up or not, but I know it's by Piscatus Bros. But anyways, that's just a side tangent, but <laughs> we're glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. And... This episode is just very, very special to me, as it's titled Special Delivery, and I know personally, I came up with this episode, or wrote down some of the stuff, and I just, it was just based around a specific idea of how, I didn't really even have any verses, but how we always expect a finished product. We always expect things to be put together, but I really didn't have any verses. I just thought, hey, that'll be an interesting topic. I just wrote it down and didn't really think much of it, but it wasn't until about a month or so ago that God really kind of made that make sense, and I won't go too much into that situation, but for me, this is going to be a special episode because I was just going through certain things to where it's like, hey, like, I see where you want me to go, but I don't see how this is possible. Like, how am I supposed to build this out of that? And I know God really spoke to me saying that, you know, this is a special delivery, but it, a lot of times we just kind of expect our blessing to be put together when we need to put in the effort and we need to go into watch it build, watch it build over time. Uh, it kind of reminds me if you get any furniture and from Amazon or anything and you yeah. get that in the mail and you know you get it and then you're like, oh shoot, I have to actually build this. And it may take 20 minutes, it may take an hour. If you're really bad and you throw out the instructions, it may take a couple hours because you <laughs> build it wrong and you put the screws in the wrong place and all that. Uh, but I think this can apply to a lot of things in our Christian walk. 
But a lot of times, like I said, we expect our blessings to be put together when we need to put an effort to get where we need to go. A lot of times we want a finished product, whether it be in our ministry, with different relationships with people, with all sorts of different things in our lives, when we aren't even a fully finished product ourselves. And you really can't set standards for a blessing that is higher than what you are. And you can't really reach what you can't get right now. Like this, God may reveal to you a destination. It kind of reminds me of many promises that God has made to Israel. He's made different promises to different people, but that didn't mean it was fulfilled in that moment. There was a journey to get there. God promised he would deliver the Israelites, but it took a moment. It took a journey. There's a correct way to do it. And there's some mistakes they made and it made it take longer. So if you do things God's way, he will always fulfill his promises. But there's always a journey to that. And that's some of the stuff we want to look into today. So, Elijah, I believe you have the first passage of scripture for this. Oh, yes. In Galatians 6, um, we'll do verses 8 through 9. It says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature but those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up that's a i I love that scripture i um I put down scriptures to read every week and actually um galatians 6 i i read through galatians 6 a lot um Within a month, I'll read this several times. And, and Galatians 6 is so powerful. I just love how it says, if you're going to put in death, if you're not if you're not going to put in the things of God, if you're going to satisfy your own self, you'll reap that. You'll reap decay and death. But if you live peace, if you're being a good person, if you're trying, you're going to reap that harvest. And it, and it says, at just the right time. It's not the time we always expect. Sometimes the time is better than what we want sometimes it's earlier than what we expected and we're like wow god is doing this miraculous thing i can't believe it's happening already and sometimes it's a whole lot later than we could ever expect and man i just love that verse it's so encouraging that if you're doing the right stuff and the time in the right time it'll come to pass yes and i I, i'm starting to think we should change this to the time podcast no i'm just kidding but i know we have so many it's such a big topic in Christianity time and patience and seasons and all that and if you don't have a correct understanding on this it can be easy to be impatient but a lot of times it doesn't happen when within our own time but this verse right here just reminds us that we cannot get tired in doing what is good because at that right time at that divine time at the time that God planned where everything will align Mm -hmm. That is when the harvest of blessing will be. It will not be at a random time. And I think it's important because I know certain people who've talked about certain things that were spoken over their life. If it had been fulfilled earlier or later, it could have done totally different things. For example, I'm just thinking of something random, but maybe... You know, God promised you a Ferrari. I don't know. I don't know if that's even a nice car, but that's just the first thing that came to my mind. But uh, because I'm not good with cars, I apologize. Uh, Maybe what's another good car, Elijah? I know you know more about cars. Um, oh, like a Lexus. Oh, for me, it'd be a Tesla. I want a Tesla. Tesla, shoot, Tesla. 
you know which models you like, or do you not even know the models? I don't even models. care. I just want to uh, Tesla. <laughs> Te- Tesla, period. He just, Tesla I don't care the model. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it just imagine, like, you were promised that you're going to get a Tesla, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen until you were, like, maybe 25. And, but you were promised that when you were 14. Imagine if you got that Tesla when you were 14. Especially if you were a rebellious <laughs> kid. I know plenty of people yeah. who drive without their license. Let's be real here. And imagine if you had gotten that promise before you put in the effort to learn how to drive. How to drive in different circumstances. And how yeah. not to be reckless. Because that's what a lot of our first cars are. Like, yes, we may have a nice yeah. car or a halfway decent car. But we learn the ropes with that car. And we progress and get better cars and better cars. And that really teaches that's us to really value true. that better car. So... Had he had whoever this was who got a Tesla, Ferrari, whatever before, you know, maybe they would be able to handle that. But there might be a reason why they didn't get it right away. And we can kind of apply that to our life. And just going back to Galatians 6, this section's all about applying new principles of uh, the spirit to your life. So that's what this whole section of Galatians 6 is about that we pulled this passage out of. But we just have to remember that we will always reap what we sow. But sometimes you, 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 just, yeah. you just can't get angry when whatever god promised you and whatever you put in doesn't manifest when you want it to manifest god will always do things in its proper time and we just have to wait we just have to wait and not be weary in well-doing so just moving on to ecclesiastes 3 9 through 15 and here's what it says what do people really get for all their hard work I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. I just want to pause right here. It says in verse 13, people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor. I want to emphasize fruits of their labor. When you work for something, it makes you appreciate it that much more. Uh, This just popped in my mind, and this wasn't really a part of any of our notes, but it just kind of reminds me of... The story with Jacob, I believe, was it Jacob who uh, had two wives who turned to Israel, who had the wife Leah and Rebecca. Yeah, he had. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. But he had to work all that time and then he didn't even get what he worked for. And then he had to work an additional seven years. Yes, it may not have been completely right. And eventually he ended up getting blessed, even though he was cheated at first. But I'm sure that made him appreciate getting what he deserved that much more exactly. when he worked that hard. And eventually God blessed him for that work. But even then, you know, just looking at that story, even in particular, you know, you may be getting cheated. You may not be getting everything that you think you should be getting. But God sees you. And like we read in that last verse, you know, you're going to get everything that you sow. But when you work for something and you actually put into the effort of what God promised you and you do all you can, because we can't do all of it. 
But when you do all you can to fulfill that promise and fulfill your end of the covenant, your end of the promise God gave you, then you can really, really enjoy the fruits of your labor. But just proceeding into the rest of this passage, picking up at verse 14, and it says, And I know whatever God does is final. Nothing could be added to it or taken away from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before, and what will happen in the future future will happen has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. I think just looking at this here, this is something that really, really boggled my mind. The fact that I know we're taught that humans evolve over time, but if you really, really look at history, you would find that this is not true. You would find that a lot of the technology we had existed before, like even just to think, yeah. like just think in your mind for a second, you know, we're taught that people were primitive and slowly evolved, but this is just an example of one thing that some people may never consider. But in the beginning of the Bible, people lived for very, very, very long periods of time. And how are you going to tell me that yeah. somebody lived for 700 plus years and a lot of people lived about that long? And did not have better technology than I did. I mean, how are you going to build an ark <laughs> as huge as a football field without any sort of technology? Like, that just, that doesn't really make sense to yeah. me. And not just an ark that big, but that functions very well, that can hold the capacity of all those animals and all that. Like, you can't tell me that. But just going back to what this verse says, it says, God makes the same things happen over and over again. And nothing is new under the sun, you know. So if nothing is new to God, but it may be new to us and we may be taught, you know, stuff is new and that we're discovering new things, but we need to learn to trust in God, trust that God has a plan and trust that God has us going through certain things because he knows exactly why he did what he did because it said his plans are final. Nothing could be added to it or taken away from it. So as long as we keep in the will of God, God already made, he has the final say. So why not trust in him? He already knows and he's seen it happen over and over and over again. But yet we still can't trust in a God that has seen from the beginning to the end before you and after you die. All that, a God that sees all that. And you you, you have the ability to experience them too, especially those who have been filled with the Holy Ghost. They know without a shadow of a doubt that he, he's real. And there's plenty of evidence everywhere. Yet a lot of times we don't trust them. But... We just have to put that trust in him. And when we do, we will eventually see and enjoy the fruits of our labor. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that 100%. Um, and we're going to go into the next scripture, um, Isaiah 55, 8 through 13. And it says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For God as the heavens are higher than the earth. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, produce seed for the farmer, and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I wanted to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. 
you will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there was there were thorns, suppressed tre- cypress trees will grow. Where needles grew, myrtles will sprout. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. Man, I feel like that scripture is really powerful because it's pretty much God saying, "My," he, he says in the beginning, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. And he's truly just in these things describing on, wow, that's so powerful. How he, he says, like the rain and snow come down from the heaven and the sand, the ground, the water, the earth. He's saying all these things and he's saying, if I do all this, it's going to be even greater. You will live in joy and peace. I mean, he's talking how great is God that his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. We would never fully understand God here on earth and maybe not even in heaven when we fully understand it. But man, what a what a day it'll be to be able to talk to God and ask him questions like this, like from the scripture. What do you mean, God? Can you go more in depth about this scripture? Can you go more in depth about what you said here? Can you go and explain this to me? I mean, I can't wait to be in heaven to ask questions like that. But man, that's just so yes. so amazing that he still loves us through everything that he has and how great he is. He still cares about us. Yes. And it, it says, you know, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And <laughs> I, I have to testify that is truer than ever, because oh. I, if I had my way, you know, I'd be... Living it up right now, I'd be rich, you know, I, I got no worries. Be like, hey, bro, you need money. Like, God blessed me with all this money, and I'm going to give you some. No, no, God said, no, that's not how it works, buddy. You know, you're going to have to go through a little bit of tests, a little bit of trials, tribulations, but it's for a reason. You know, our human mind would never, we'd be like, no, no, thank you. But God knows because his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And... <clears throat> Our God is the God that controls, you know, what produces fruit. He's the God that controls the rain. He controls the harvest. He controls the famine. He controls it all. So, and I I really like this verse. And actually something kind of stood out to me in verse 11. It says, it is the same with my word. I will send it out. It always produces. I will accomplish all I want to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. His word is so powerful. And it's his word that created this earth. It is his word that created everything. And it also says Jesus is the word, which is why we have to depend on the teachings of Jesus. That was another thing that kind of stuck out to me because it says Jesus is the embodiment of the word. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He went out and accomplished God's will. He fulfilled the covenants that we couldn't fulfill. And why not trust on that word? God always keeps his word. It says his word is something we can stand upon. I mean, we quite literally are because... The word was the earth was spoken into existence. So we are standing on his word already. Why not stand on the rest of it? So that's something that really stood out to me. There's just a lot that you can just pull out of this verse. And, you know, just for somebody who may be listening to this right now, that may be in a situation where they're seeing thorns in their area and they're they're not seeing how things will grow. If this verse right here promises those who are trusting God and his ways, though it may look like 
And though you may be in a season where thorns are around, it's just cypress trees will grow up. Where the nettles grew, which I just looked that up, and those are like kind of like, I'm pretty sure it's like similar to like a poison ivy type thing. You know, you touch it and you get itchy and stuff like that. Okay. That's where myrtles okay. will shoot up. So in a situation, you know, where it looks like everything is wrong, and you might be, it might be wrong. But as long as you stay faithful, God always already promised, and his word is final, as we learned earlier. It, he promised that this is where growth will come from. And it says at the end of this, these events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. Why would the Lord tarnish his name? If he made a promise to you, he's going to keep it because by keeping it, it just adds more honor to him. Yes, it may not look right. It may not look like it's going to manifest. But it yeah. says right here, these yeah. events will bring great honor. The event of changing your morning into dancing, the event of changing mm-hmm. your situation will bring honor to the Lord's name. And they will be an everlasting sign of not just his power, but his love for you. So just be encouraged to just keep moving on no matter what it looks like. But Absolutely. just proceeding into the next verse, we got Luke 14, 24 through 33. And it says, starting with first. 24 for none of those i invited will get i'm sorry for none of those i invited first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet a large crowd was following jesus he turned around and said to them if you want to be my disciple you must by comparison hate everyone else even your father your mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes even your own life otherwise you cannot be my disciple and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me you cannot be my disciple but don't begin until you count the cost for who would begin construction of a building without calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it otherwise you might complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone will laugh at you they will say there's a person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors and to discuss whether the army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against them. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything of your own. And there's two things that you really can pull out of this verse. For one, you have to be willing to do all, give up all, give your all, not even worry about what everybody else thinks, but to give your whole self to God. But not only that, before you even do that, count the cost. Do you have the faith to do that? Do you have the mental capacity to do that? And I know there's verses out there, you know, it says, um, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. You can ask God to give you help when you don't believe but it's just crazy you know i know we even talked about it earlier you know when god promises something you don't have to tell everybody run away but make sure you know that you are right and that you have the faith and that you're doing the work you know you don't need to tell everybody everything right away because people are going to see and a lot of times people people will laugh you know i'm just thinking of football a football reference which you know (laughs) elijah's already laughing because you know i don't (laughs) watch sports but i know a lot of times when i watch people talk about sports and it gets up to the super bowl right it is the super bowl yeah 
So, <laughs> Elijah's just dying oh laughing right God. now because he's like, he does Thank not you. know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, but like when a team progresses further and further, up until the point that they get to the Super Bowl, everybody's like, mm-mm, no, don't care for that team. Nope, nope, nope. But then all of a sudden, everybody wants to bandwagon. They're willing to forsake their own team sometimes to get uh, to that yeah. team and support that team. Yeah. That, it's like, I've been rooting for them from since the beginning. And that's a lot of times how it is with that's, our promises. People exactly. are going to look at you and be like, man, you look stupid. Like, why are you doing all this? You know, all this stuff. And yeah. But then when you actually get far enough... Then they're like, oh, no, we've been with you. We See, I knew God was speaking to you. No, no. It's, yeah. it's just human nature, though. But you also yeah, yeah, can't you can't be boasting about it. And then you didn't even have the faith to do it yourself. So that's why, you know, we only boast in God alone. We don't boast about anything else. So we need to focus on what God told us to do. And God will take care of the rest. You know, it kind of reminds me of when you're praying and fasting for something. It tells you that your reward is already given to you if you make it public. A lot of times you're supposed to keep that type of stuff private. Because that's what God honors is when you're making a sacrifice in private. And he will make the blessing manifest in public. But if you already publicize it yourself and not through God, then that's all you get is what you did. But if you let God do the work and you just put in the work that he told you specifically to do, then you will get it God's way. Because doing it any other way is your way and you're going to get your results. You do things God's way, you get God's results. Yeah. And you talking about this just reminded you of something. There was a little kid the other day that was talking and they, they, they made a comment. Of course, they're a child. They don't know any better. But it really made me think. They said, well, man, if I don't get to do this, people see me do other things, but maybe they won't know how talented I am. And it made me sit back and go... That's someone that's doing stuff in church. And yeah, maybe a kid be thinking that. But how many times do we do that ourselves when we're going, man, I should do this just because people will see me in this different light. That'll be good. And and it is hard. Like Amani said, there will be people that will not follow you and won't be on your side most of the way. It's going to happen. Until you've hit where they think, where they find success, they may not be on your side. But are we doing things to try to convince them to be on our side? Are we doing things for God to be on our side, right? Like, are, are we doing these things because we want them to see us? Or are we doing these things because we want God to see us? And I know we it's hard to differentiate that because we are flesh. And just how we said how they're flesh and they may not believe in us. We're flesh in ourselves and we know, okay, maybe we want just their approval. And it happens a lot. But really, I mean, God says it. It's going to come to pass. What you want is going to come to pass. Eventually, they will see you. And it may it may be, it may not be here on earth, but they're going to see the light that you bring. When you're in heaven, and they're in heaven with you, they're going to say, man, you know what? They must have been doing something right, too. They must have been doing something right because they're in heaven. So it's not going to matter at the end of the day as long as you're doing stuff right. It's not about being seen. It's about to be doing the will of God, whatever God is calling you to do yes yes and the only other thing is you know which i mentioned this before but we just have to be prepared are you putting in when i think of preparations i'm not just thinking about you know actual money but like think of things in the spirit like not just fasting like i mentioned earlier but do you have a prayer life like if you aren't already praying if you're not already fasting if you're not already practicing the principles how can you expect to get this outcome without 
putting into practice. Absolutely. So you have to be prepared. You have to invest. What you sow yeah. is what you will reap. So if you only sow a little bit, you're not going to be able to afford the promise that God gave you. But if you do everything you can to fulfill, you know, do what God told you and fulfill your end of the covenant, God will fulfill what he told you. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're going to go into the final scripture we have down here. Um, Hebrews 6, 1 through 12. A little bit of a lengthy passage, but we'll. We'll go for it. It says, so let us stop giving over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of the hands, the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring, back, to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tested the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God, it is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn the field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for, for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. When Abraham waited patiently, he received what God had promised. Wow, that's that's powerful right there. Man. Well, what 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 do you receive from that, Amani? What do you, what do you get from that? Because that's that's such a lengthy passage, but it's just so powerful. There's so much to break down, just bit by bit. But it says, starting here um, in verse seven, I believe it says, "When the ground soaks up the fallen grain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it." And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're going through different seasons in our life and we're like, but 
just depending on how we react to God, this it talks about two different types of people here. It talks about those who repent and stay in that lifestyle of repentance and continue to follow God's will. And then it talks about those who reject God. And if you reject God, obviously, if you mess up, you can come back to him. But if you utterly reject him and be like, I refuse yeah. to go back to God, your those blessings become barren. And there's plenty of times you can see that in the Old Testament where God made a yeah. covenant. And yes, he fulfills his covenant. But if you refuse to be a part of it, you don't get to be a part of it. Exactly. exactly. And just following on, you know, just breaking down some other stuff in this verse. Uh when you go down, it says here in verse 10, God is not unjust. He's not unjust. God is a fair God. He mm -hmm. will never forget how hard you have worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by caring for other believers, for doing the things that you're supposed to do. I thought it was very interesting in the verse before that when it says we are confident that you are meant for better things that come with salvation and this is not a prosperity gospel because you got to put the work in as you see here it's not an easy thing it's not name it claim it believe it receive it do it yeah. you know you like no no you have to yeah. put in work there's still work there's yeah. still trials that you have to you have to endure in verse 12 it says then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent instead you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit god's promises because of what their faith mm -hmm. and, and endurance because of what faith and endurance you have to believe yeah. but it's not enough to just believe you have to continue it kind of reminds me of the story of the ten virgins when you see yes they all knew that the bridegroom was coming they all knew they all had the faith for that but they yeah. didn't all have the yeah. endurance though so yes they all knew he's coming but when it was time to go they didn't have enough oil. Five of them did not have oh, enough oil. And you can't get it from somebody else. You have to have it yourself. And it's similar with faith. You can't have somebody else. You can't go off of somebody else's faith. You can't go off of somebody else's relationship with God. That's why you have to take time to invest in your own. And I think it's interesting what Elijah read on. And I don't even know if this was even in the notes. But it's good because it, it applied perfectly. Uh, just from the passage of... Uh, 13 through 15, just giving Abraham as an example, he did not exactly. just automatically get there. It was a whole process. Mm. It was a whole entire passage in Genesis, Abraham's story. It was not, he yeah. got the promise, but there was a different trials and tribulations There's he had to trials, go through yeah. and tests of faith before he even got that promise fulfilled. And yeah. he waited I like patiently. like how it says he was patient. Yeah, that patient word. He was patient for that. Absolutely. He wasn't. He wasn't just expecting it to come. He was patient for that. I mean, God even tried Abraham. It doesn't talk about that. How God even tried Abraham in his faith. I mean, God was there for him. And Abraham was patient and listened to God. I just love how it says that. And that's why I wanted to bring that up and go on. Because it said he was patient. And then he received. He took some time. <laughs> Abraham was old when he had that kid. I remember there's somebody in our church. And, and they're, they were older and they had a kid and we're just like, man, you're the new Abraham. But really, they're like, <laughs> they're like 50 years old. And that's funny to think about. But Abraham was almost 100 years old, almost double that age. I can't imagine that. Oh, Lord, being 100 years old and then having a kid. That'd be crazy. Wow. Yeah, God, God really did what <laughs> seemed naturally impossible. But then you have to keep in mind, God created nature. So he could do whatever yeah. he wants. He can do whatever he wants. But. Yeah. And I remember he was reading on because I was following him on my computer. And then like my passage in and he said, for example, I said, what? 
And then he read it. I was like, I should have put that in the notes. You should have put that in the notes. So I was really, really glad that he read on because that was just a perfect example of how it works. And this verse just really embodies that. And whatever we do for God, we must do our part in the progress. We must have that endurance. We have to do our part and then wait on him. I know there's a lot of scripture on waiting on the Lord and renewing your strength, encouraging yourself in the Lord, as we talked about, I believe, last podcast. We cannot control the timeline of the increase or the harvest, but we can work over time on how much we water and how much we sow and how much that that affects what we reap. We reap what we sow. So we need to do all we can on our part to do God's will, to invest into God's kingdom. Yeah. Because when you are kingdom-minded, as we mentioned in one episode, mm. the king will keep yes. you in mind. Oh, and I like that. <laughs> it says we need, uh, just talking about this verse, it says we need to, I said it says, my note says, this is not the Bible. <laughs> uh, we, so, need to, <laughs> we need more than just the basics, though. It talks about moving arms, or yes. Mm-hmm. It talks about, in the scripture, I believe, before that, that we we need to make sure we have more money than just doing the basics. We need more than just mm-hmm. the basics. We need to keep on building. It's not enough yeah. to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm just going to read the Bible. <laughs> That's it. I'm just going to pray. No, we have stuff we are commissioned to do. We are commissioned as disciples. This is what this podcast is all about. And not just in our own life to invest in ourselves, but we are are taught in the Great Commission that we need to go out and teach others. We need to go out and spread this good news. We want to get other people in onto this promise and get grafted in into this covenant. We need more than just the basics, though. We can't just be content with what we have. But we need to press on and keep pressing towards the mark. That's why it says pressing towards the mark of the calling of yeah. God. You don't just get it. You're Because it says uh, all, all are called, but few are chosen. Because not all are chosen because they don't keep pressing. It says to press. That means on our part, we have to do our part to progress. Keep on progressing on all aspects of life towards God and what he wants us to do. And that is when we will have the promises of God fulfilled. Absolutely. But a lot. Of, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. And I was going to say how we were talking about how we need to reap and uh, sow and reap. And I just heard him preaching recently and it was so powerful. I'm forgetting who it was that said this, but I just remember it being said. The people before us have sown and they've sown greatly. And our answers before us, I mean, the apostolic movement has been going on. And, and, and the Christians, we've been sowing and sowing and sowing. And you know what? We're going to reap things in our day that we didn't sow. We're going to be reaping things we never sowed, but that does not mean we don't sow for ourselves. Because if we don't keep sowing and we don't keep sowing like how they did before us, nothing else will come more of that. And when we're done reaping, Mm. it'll be gone. And we need to make sure that we can't just base because it's so easy to say, well, yeah, it's easy to reap because that you're just picking up what has been sown into the ground. But it's a lot harder to sow. And we need to make sure that, yes, we're going to reap stuff. And it's going to be powerful. And we're going to see marvelous and miraculous moves of God. But if we're not sowing for ourselves, that means the later the people after us are not going to have anything to reap. And they're going to have to start at the bottom. Mm. And they're going to have to sow and <clears throat> sow and sow before they can receive anything. 
So I just thought that reminded me so much of that message, how powerful that really was. Yes, and it's interesting you said that too, because that one, I wanted to segue this because I've realized, you know, a lot of this is a lot of encouragement on the individual level, but this still applies. That's the point of our podcast is about discipleship. This still applies because, you know, when we look at our own life, we look and we look at different things we want to do. We want a finished product. We want God to hand to us finished products. But a lot of times we aren't finished ourselves. And you know, just looking at P7, I know we've talked about that in the past, which if you haven't listened to that podcast the, um, where we talked about that, this is a club that Elijah or I did and Elijah eventually joined in a couple other people. But yeah, it this is not my work, but we started it. And, you know, we a lot of times when you start something for God, it's like, oh, I'm going to start it. And the blessings are just about to flow out. Blessings about to fall. No, no. We started the club. Yeah. For, well, I started it in middle school. There's a couple of people. And then I moved to high school thinking it's going to be better. We had more people to help because I did it by myself at first. Four people. Four people. Mm, yeah. What type of, and you're a human carnal <laughs> mind, what type of minister is that? But no, that prepared us. We were mm-hmm. learning in that stage. Yeah. We learned how to teach. We learned how to prepare. And then mm-hmm. as it, it grew and it grew, and I don't even believe it's a finished product. They are, have just, no, when we're recording right. this podcast, had just recently yeah. restarted. By this time, they're they going to be growing. They're about to probably be Amen. 50, 100 yeah. people. I believe in and prophesying <laughs> that Amen. over them right now. Yeah, but, but they had to shut down for a little while. But now they're starting again. I'm so proud of it's gonna. It's not a finished product. God's going to still work in that school. And yeah, it's powerful. Yes, and it, it, that goes for any ministry or any ministry. I mean, relationships are ministry. Anything is like this ministry is not just one faction of life. Your relationship with God is a ministry. Your relationship with with other people and work and all that is a ministry and a lot of times you know we expect god to just finish it right there but we need to work and a lot of times in the working on someone else we are being worked on when you're working with other people you get skills and i'm not saying that you work on other people and you help other people to help yourself no that's not what i'm saying here but you learn a lot in these trials because a lot of times it may seem like i'm investing so much into this person and nothing's coming out from that but it teaches you yeah. something. It teaches you something. You learn something in all this, all the stuff that yeah. you do. So it not only helps you, but it, it helps your ministry. But we need to remember, even though we want a finished product, we oftentimes are not finished ourselves. The only one that is an author and a finisher is our God. Our God is an mm. author and a finisher. finisher He's yeah. the one that finishes, not us. All we do is Man. the in-between work. Yeah. No, that's powerful. I like what you said, and, and this, I think this is important too. Sometimes you're going to sow into somebody, and you're not going to reap that. Sometimes you're going to sow into people, and it's not you that ends up reaping that. That, but, but it doesn't matter in the end because you're still sowing those seeds. You're still a part of it. You're doing God's work. You're still being that disciple maker. You're trying, and it may not be you that reaps that, but hey, glory to God anyway because they're getting so they're getting they're getting reaped. And I'm just I'm it's so exciting to really think about what little impact have on somebody could eventually lead them down the line in the path to be a servant of God. And that's so powerful. Really. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is, this is, this is ministering <laughs> to me too. Like I, I, I yeah. we prepared this podcast a little bit ago, but we're just now actually recording it. And I know this even ministers to me. It's just like, and like he mentioned earlier with discipleship too, I know I've been getting frustrated with certain things, you know, I, but I'm just not seeing some stuff finally starting to get rolling now mm. that I've been here, even yeah. though I've been talking to people a little bit. But I mean, I, and I'll be honest, I could do more on my part. I'm not going to act like I've just been perfect. 
But it's easy to get frustrated when we don't see things coming to pass. But we have to be encouraged. And also you have to remember the scripture on what Elijah just said. And we've had podcasts about this. You know, some water, yeah. some plant, some reap the harvest. Yeah. But God plans that perfectly for how it's supposed to go. You may not even see, you may not even know the amount of people that you, according to Jude, have pulled out of hell's fire. Because some people were on their way there. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have even been on our way there at certain parts. Even if you grew up in the church. I know a lot of people grew yeah. up in the church. Not everybody, but a lot of us have some sort of rebellious yeah. phase. But yeah. it takes the people who look and obey God to pull them out of the fire. That is when, you know, it, we don't always see the finished product. God is the author and the finisher. So he decides mm-hmm. when all that will happen. Absolutely. And man, what a... What a powerful message. If you take anything from this, just know that God is with you. And at the end of every podcast, and as we're coming to a close, we just want to make sure that you guys know that we're really appreciative of you. We thank you so much for listening in and and listening to us talk and ramble. And 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 we know that we're <laughs> kind of just saying a lot of a lot of we're saying a lot of stuff, but it's ministering to us too because we make sure that we we get together and we pray about it and we and we go on these topics and we're actually studying them and really getting into it because it's not just something that we're just saying for everyone else to hear that like we're perfect. We're definitely not perfect, but we're here. We're here to tell other people about God, and it's just it's just so powerful. And we're so thankful each and every one of you for listening and joining in on our conversation and, and just being here with us and if you have anything to say let us know message us we have we have uh scott is bros on instagram and um yeah facebook really i believe too to yes facebook yes. building more you know, you know all those better than me <laughs> yeah but yeah we love to hear you and we, we we love to see you grow i mean we may not even see all of it but we encourage you to not just take what we're saying. You know, for all we know, we may be liars. If the Bible tells us, <laughs> let the word of God be true and every man a liar. So, I mean, we want to help you as much as we can. But it's your job at the end of the day. Not only to invest in other people, but to invest in yourself. So, just take this word today. Read over the scriptures we had here and more. Let God lead you according to his Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless everybody that will listen to this podcast and i pray that you guys all have a blessed rest of your day so god bless god bless